Hi everyone. Welcome to Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a better future. This podcast is to help students and young professionals shape their careers. Thank you for tuning in. This is your host Naveen and I am with my co-host Sudhakar. Dear listeners, in this episode we want to dwell on a critical topic information security. To discuss the topic, we have Vamsi with us today. Vamsi is currently the regional CTO and director of sales engineering for India and Sark region. He is currently with McAfee and is based out of Mumbai. Vamsi is responsible for all large and strategic customers in India and Sark region. In addition to technical sales responsibilities, Vamsi is an established industry speaker in multiple events, conferences, analyst and media briefings. Vamsi was previously with Symantec where he was the director of enterprise technical sales in India. Before moving to the technical sales organization, Vamsi was in product management for threat protection solutions in Asia Pacific Japan APJ region where he helped establish thought leadership in the cyber security space. Previously, Vamsi had regional and global roles at Technologies, General Electric and Alcatel. Hi Vamsi, welcome to our podcast series and we are excited to have you as our guest today. Thank you Naveen and Sudhakar. It is my pleasure and honor to be part of this series. All right Vamsi, in most discussions we see that security is considered as an overhead and not mainstream. as a security leader how do you burst the myth in a traditional world and thinking the answer is yes and it surprises and scares me at the same time in a sense it's not just about it in every sphere of life we approach it in that way related to something everyone goes through when i ask my cousins or my friends why they haven't clipped in their seat belt in the car or not worn their helmet when they're riding their bikes The answer is police in this town don't really care about it. And that's not the fundamental thinking that we need to address. The seat belt and helmet saves me irrespective of a cop being on the road and it must be the same thought whether it is security or whether it is any other aspect of IT in this current world. Um uh, and that's my that's my initial thoughts on this. Yeah, great analogy Vamshi. Many people also carry their helmet in the back seat and they just wear when they come across cops. So interesting scenario. Now, coming to the technology, it has evolved a lot during the last two decades. For example, there wasn't much mobile computing and we weren't dealing with lot of data. This explosion has started happening from the last decade and so are the threats like ransomware. In your professional career spanning over two decades, what are the changes that you have seen in the security domain? You know, a great point. You know, the world from an information and a data point it's it's grown exponentially over the last two decades uh in the initial days it was about an infected pc and that's what people would mostly care about with some network controls so if i was in a company and i was working for an organization i would primarily worry about network controls in the perimeter in the form of a firewall or a unified threat management box like a utm box and that let us decide whether or not to allow connections to the internet so things were very simple back then it is just about keeping my pc clean and worrying about whether or not i should allow a connection to the internet 
when you come to today um it's it's vastly different if you look at how internet was several years ago or two years decades ago internet itself was via dial up modems that offered 128 kbps speeds today my phone gives me nearly 10 mbps on a 4g connection when it's not peak time and all that speed is just for data exchange whether i'm watching a video i'm kind of posting updates on my facebook or i'm actually carrying out some of my corporate functions and everyone wants a piece of that data good guys bad guys friends family everybody is after it right so really today security needs to focus on the device the user the applications and the networks and that's where it's got a lot more evolved and complex and all this you have to keep in mind when you're when you're exchanging data while all of this is happening the paramount importance is always about keeping that data secure mm-hmm. and protected at all times and that determines the overall security posture from an organization perspective excellent point bamsi it is all about the device the users the applications and the networks you know to continue from an organization standpoint what are the various tiers or layers we need to implement the security you know to ensure that end to end aspect of it is taken care good question looks like you've done a lot of background uh, research on on it security it's actually an extension to a previous question an effective strategy for information security always has the following aspects visibility control and governance it's always always about fundamentals right so i'll repeat that once again visibility control and governance visibility is about knowing what is where control is how do i then protect what is where and governance is about then finally monitoring and adapting continuously let me break that down to actions in the form of questions when you want to devise a strategy that is effective for an organization who are the users who is going to use that information how are they going to exchange that information and how does that information essentially help those users the next aspect is how do they access this data or the applications and where are they accessing it from are they accessing it from an office which is a controlled environment or are they accessing it from an airport where there is free wifi available and then the third part is what data are they actually uploading or downloading when they upload some data when they download some data there's always an implication from a personal or from a corporate perspective so always being aware of who are the users how do they access the applications and from where are they accessing it and what is the data that is being uploaded and downloaded that's the visibility it solves one part of your problem when you look at it from a three uh, three leg stool perspective now once the visibility part has been solved we then have to plan for the control i know who are the users so how do i then manage the users and that's the important aspect from a user management perspective that's why we typically in an organization perspective call that as identity management then comes the how part and the how part is how do the users actually access to the question that i asked previously are they accessing it using devices such as laptops or desktops or are they using some of the modern devices in the form of a mobile device and whether they are using any of these devices from the office from their home which is more secure wifi or an airport or a coffee shop and these are all things that we are thinking on from a one hand on the other hand the security for applications what are the applications that they using am i accessing my email am i accessing my enterprise resource planning tool am i a developer and i'm actually accessing my development environment which is maybe in the form of a collaborative development uh, on a jira or an atlassian kind of an environment 
and then ultimately also about customer applications so understanding really what is that access and what applications am i accessing is the second most important aspect and this changes with the nature of the business for example if i am a bank and i am exposing my core banking through an internet facing consumer banking application i have to understand how that data is being accessed the user can potentially be accessing it from an application on their phone going to my internet banking website or even through a third party website which could be an e-commerce website and so on right and finally then comes the governance part so i spoke about two legs of this tool already about visibility the second part is about what are the controls that i need to put in place and then the third part which is essentially the governance part and this is where compliance and regulations and policies actually come in it could be as simple as an organization having a policy that says that you need to change your password every 90 days or from a government regulation which is like the RBI regulates all the banking and financial institutions in the country where they have to give out audit reports every 90 days and this is then thoroughly audited by the banks and if some cases required by interministerial departments and stuff like that and finally you also have the industry regulations now if you have ever wondered when you go on to an e-commerce website and you see something like uh, a PCI DSS at the bottom of it if you never give too much thought about what that PCI DSS means it means that it's the payment card industry uh, carriers like mastercard visa more recently rupay you know and they together form a conglomerate or a consortium and then define some data security standards on how that data itself needs to be transmitted or even used or even stored and those are some of the industry regulations that you have to keep in mind so the visibility the control and the governance part together forms your overall strategy when it comes to information security thank you vamsi visibility control and governance the key pillars of security strategy moving on to authentication vamsi nowadays almost all websites encourage social logins you know which means that anyone can log in by using their linkedin facebook or google account without registering into a specific portal while it will be very easy for the visitors to log in from the convenience perspective do you think that this kind of practice is really safe okay great question again uh, sudhakar you are switching gears and moving on to the consumer side of stuff or how individuals interact with the internet these are great examples of create once and use everywhere uh, the passwords or the user ids i mean sort of like a consumer single sign on for the consumer world these systems by themselves are very robust and are by design very secure no problems there the issue is the websites the websites where you use these social logins and you use uh, to log in seamlessly because you just don't have to manage multiple users id user ids and passwords However my recommendation is you have to use your judgment and read through how these individual websites or applications use the data are you giving them more access to your information than is required always very important it is always a good idea to sign out of such websites once you are done for example i go to a twitter and i use my facebook id or i use my google id then i am in that particular session when i'm done with twitter on my laptop always a good idea to sign out right and wherever possible have a second factor authentication this is to just be extra precautious and the reason i say that is let us assume in the worst case scenario something like a facebook id or a google id gets compromised because that 
website itself did not have good our data security practices place the second factor authentication always protects you no matter what even if the core user id and password is still compromised on that website you could just not log in by just a username and password and have potential misuse you're always creating an additional layer of protection there like an otp or an app which is like a google authenticator and as you said convenience always comes with certain risk how do we manage this risk and how do we mitigate this risk is the most important aspect of this point so thank you vamsi and you are advising the customers or the visitors to be vigilant about which website they are using and at the same time go through the terms and conditions but unfortunately many a times these terms and conditions are written in the fine print and we overlook them now coming to the individual mobile number it has become more like a passport or other card in india and if you could relate that to social security number in the united states whenever we install any application on our phone it asks for access to contact list camera folders and what not from a regulatory perspective is there any governing body which controls the application provider on data usage fantastic question and i'll also give you this this is a tough one right this is very very subjective and this varies by country for example the united states uk australia europe all of them have some sort of a regulation from a data privacy and a data regulation perspective over the last couple of years you must have heard a lot around gdpr for example the general data protection regulation that has been in uh, force in in europe these regulations determine how an individual's data is used and how it must be maintained by whoever is collecting that data it's also very very important in the fact that it gives the control to people to decide when to have have their data deleted and the right to be completely forgotten online for example i very very sincerely request you to go and read this up there were a couple of examples from france and other germany locations where somebody went to the websites and put up a request saying that delete all of my data that you have i don't want to have an online footprint right and this is the right to be forgotten that i just spoke about india is still in the draft stages of this data privacy act and we will eventually get there it's one of the key legislations that's going to be discussed whenever the next parliament session comes up when i chat with people today here in india in different age groups i get different answers and some are shocking to some outright very funny i'll give you this when i speak to millennials for example they tell me that i don't care about privacy for them it's all about the numbers for example how many people like my photo when i upload something onto facebook how many views do i get when i have a whatsapp status how many followers do i have on instagram how many people are actually watching my video on tiktok for older people the difficulty is in explaining to them the issue of privacy india historically and for whatever cultural reasons we have not been a very private society as such we've always looked at privacy as something which is in a very very particular manner so there are different aspects to this my recommendation therefore is each of us is the best judge and custodian of our own data like i own my data and i know best how that my data impacts before allowing access to our data uploading photos anywhere or any other data always ask yourself is it really necessary to do so and more importantly what is the adverse impact of sharing such information and then take a call whether or not you would want to upload your personal information there and so on coming to the mobile number specifically again the same question is the app that i'm trying to sign up does it necessarily need 
my mobile number or do i necessarily need that app to be productive and then you'll have the answers to yourself whether or not you give all that information to these websites thank you omsi i think you brought some interesting points in fact uh, many of the visitors are not aware of how the number is going to be used and it is essential for us to be cautious and conscious before we provide our number on any other website and now i'm sure our audience learnt a little more about the security and its importance both from the organization and personal perspective quick question if someone is interested in pursuing security as their career what are the skills they should focus on and where should they start well essentially as in any other domain so that you can get into research development uh, or security operations or a true blue security practitioner as i call it for example if you want to get into research and development there are organizations which focus on threat research and more importantly these days you see a lot of outputs in the form of threat intelligence and so on and this is done by such r&d practitioners from a security perspective there are also some very very interesting job profiles uh, which are into reverse engineering of malware when i say malware it is a slightly more sophisticated virus or advanced threats as we speak about and uh, that's a very very good place if you are a research guy at heart if you're more of an operational person and if that's what you've been doing and you wanted to shift into security from an operation perspective the way to look at it is what are the tools and technologies uh, for example what tools and technologies are used in uh, managing security for the networks or a more regular job from a security operations perspective is called as a security operations center most financial and large organizations definitely have an in-house security operations center or soc as the security practitioners call it they look at the incident and event management and correlation and deployment of tools and monitoring of that that could be another job if you're somebody who's traditionally been interested in operations in an IT world and finally if you are uh, some of the true blue practitioners as i was calling it there are uh, techniques there are courses that you take specifically around offensive security around ethical hacking and so on and through that gradually get into forensic analysis and these are jobs that are very very high in demand very very rewarding when it comes to a monetary perspective but is also very very time bound with strict service level agreements uh, and this is where people such as that forensic analyst come in when you hear about an organization having been breached and their data is available on the internet that's when these practitioners actually get called in so all all ends of the spectrum you could go from research and development which is the development side of the security business to uh, being in the forensic side which is the true implication of security practice when it comes to the global perspective excellent once security center to forensic analysis to true blue security practitioner you know to ensure that our listeners can explore little bit any of these avenues or platforms that you recommend uh, to start with information security as subset of information technology is at the very basic level common sense and at the fundamental level you can understand a lot by just understanding it systems but going beyond if you want to specifically get into it security there's a ton of learning material a ton of different kind of certifications and learning programs like cissp which is the security practitioner trainings that you can go through there are more advanced certifications which is like a cisa a cism a ccsp which is focused on cloud ch which is more around ethical hacking and the chfy which is around forensics so however nothing equals hands on experience that's what i'd like to say 
it's a gradual move security is not something that i get a certification today and i get into a really top notch paying job by tomorrow understanding of security is a very very well drawn out uh, career strategy and if you want to get into it you have to be very very committed towards that that's what i'd say excellent what do you recommend our young generation to focus on you know to have a successful careers like you but if there's one if there's one complaint that i have of the of the new age millennials college pursuits and all of them they're very impatient uh, impatience from a learning perspective is very good impatience from uh, a success perspective i find that a little unappealing so what i'd say is there are no shortcuts to success you have to find an area that you're interested in and you give it your 100% don't worry about success from the very first day you have to worry about efforts give your 100% it's it's okay once you start giving your efforts if you don't like something it's absolutely okay and it's just fine decide to then identify continue to find out what your interests are continue to develop that interest and pursue it and continue to give that 100% most importantly you have to be very very patient for success be impatient for learning be patient for success that's my mantra and once you give your 100% efforts the success is all yours it's just a matter of time excellent there are no shortcuts to success once i would like to understand what you are curious about right now yeah, funnily enough uh, sudhakar at the moment i am curious about two things uh, the first one is how big data and cloud computing is helping build rapid models for a vaccine for covid-19 and technology will play a big part there and the second part is building a hobby over my last two decades of career i haven't really spent time building a hobby and i want to build a hobby in painting i'm curious about abstract paintings at the moment that is interesting technology and passion as two points to be curious about that's a good one vamsi vamsi it has been a enriching conversation personally i think i learned a lot and uh, you know i'm sure our audience got to know about one more critical topic from our side thank you so much for being with us today thank you vamsi so the pleasure is all mine sudhakar and navin i really enjoyed it great questions thought provoking and very relevant in the current world thank you very much thank you vamsi dear listeners to know more about our speakers and the content visit our followers on social media or feel free to email us and we'll be happy to share further details with you all right this brings us to the trivia segment of this episode i'm sure you guys might be waiting for this and without further ado let me reveal it today's trivia is about global positioning system popularly known as gps gps has become one of the most common things in the world but imagine the days when gps was not in existence people used to rely on landmarks or ask someone on the way for finding a location or a route today gps has made our lives easy in exploring new places through better navigation and you know although gps is free for the world to use it costs around 2 million us dollars per day to operate and the money comes from american tax revenue interesting isn't it all right folks that's it for today thank you for listening so if you'd like to share any trivias please feel free to share them through email the guiding voice number 4 letter u @gmail.com or you can sms us or whatsapp us on india number 
5871817 we will not only share the best trivias in future episodes but we'll also announce your names on this show again folks we are open for suggestions on topics that you'd like to hear from us through email our email address is the guiding voice number 4 letter u @gmail.com i repeat the email address is the guiding voice number 4 letter u @gmail.com and you may also whatsapp us on india number 9494587187 request you to like our page on facebook facebook.com slash the guiding voice number four letter u and follow us on twitter twitter.com slash guiding voice to stay tuned about future episodes there is more in store until next time have a wonderful time take care and be safe thank you for listening thank you so much